You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, happy Saturday. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week podcast. I'm host and audio producer Steven Serta. Massive matchup on Sunday morning for the Kansas City Chiefs as they will take on the Miami Dolphins in Frankfurt, Germany. So we got a lot to catch you up on from this past week. We'll start things off with the Arrowhead Pride Editors Show discussing their marinated takeaways from the Chiefs' Week 8 loss to the Denver Broncos. After that, it's out of structure, just kind of dissecting what happened in that loss to the Broncos. After that, we catch up with the Great British Chiefs Show. Taking our first full deep dive into this Miami Dolphins team. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll catch up with Chiefs Coast to Coast. Continuing our Dolphins preview before we wrap things up with Show and BK, discussing what the Chiefs need to do when they have the ball on Sunday to come away with a win. That's all coming up on today's Arrowhead Pride Best of the Week. Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt. React. Readapt. It takes time. It takes years. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, and you hear the music, it's time for those world-famous marinated takeaways, and you guys are especially hungry for them after they end up losing as opposed to winning. That I know, I know, and probably even already throughout this show, you're sick of, of hearing uh, John and I look at the bright side, so we're bringing in Mr. Rainy Day himself. Steve Serta <laughs> is going to give us a dose of negativity. And Steve, let's actually start with your marinated takeaway yeah, from this absolutely. game. What, yeah. what upset you uh, about the Chiefs' disaster in Denver? I don't like that I'm the guy you bring in for this show to be <laughs> negative about the Chiefs. I don't appreciate no, I mean, that. We need that. We need some of that on this show. <laughs> I don't think that I'm overly negative about no, the No, you Chiefs. are. Yeah, you uh, are. <laughs> um yeah i guess this is gonna be pretty negative um, oh I'm, I'm, I'm stunned by that so I, i'm with you guys i don't really envision them uh all of a sudden going from last week where it's like we see reports that they're gonna they're good with what they got moving forward to now have one bad game and be like okay now we got to mortgage the future to bring in another wide receiver right. like i don't see the chiefs making a big move for that but i think what they can control moving forward offensively, because that's obviously where the issues really lie right now, is what Patrick Mahomes is seeing on the field. And I don't think, despite the fact that Patrick Mahomes is still, you know, uh, like statistically like top five in virtually every category, he's still playing fine football for the most part. It's just that his standards have always been so much higher than everybody else. Patrick Mahomes needs to play better. Like, yeah. He just needs to let it rip. And and, and we, we've talked for weeks now about, you know, he's holding on to the ball way too long, despite the fact that he's got good protection. 
guys aren't getting open downfield. Some of that is on Mahomes too. It's not just the wide receivers not getting open. It's Patrick Mahomes not trusting what he's seeing or holding onto the ball too long because he doesn't trust those guys are going to be in the spots that he's throwing the football. Like we've seen him do in years past where it's like, he's got this mind meld thing going on with Travis Kelsey. Like Patrick Mahomes has been really unsure of himself this season and they have to get better play out of him. Like he's got to be more confident in the wide receivers. He's got to get build more chemistry with them. And I don't think the offense is really going to make some kind of grand transition into playing better until Patrick Mahomes is out there playing more confidently. So my marinated takeaway is that Patrick Mahomes has to play better and he's got to let it rip sometimes. Stop hanging <laughs> on the football. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you. I also, you know, I've said this to, to some friends, like very quietly here, Mahomes is a touch worse this season. Now it's a touch worse from very clearly the greatest player in the game, but I think he's fallen back to, you know, being like just regular top five which is you know what are we complaining about we're complaining about this you know grand luxury that the chiefs have but you're right there has been a little bit more of that hesitation is it receivers getting open down the field is it just uh he's not as playing as as well this year there have been some like really silly mistakes from Mahomes uh that maybe we haven't seen in previous years where the ball is just thrown up and maybe that's the frustration with the way that the chiefs are are um, getting played uh, defensively, but I, I've seen a little bit of that. I, I think everyone has like a little piece of this. Uh, everybody needs to play better offensive line, uh, pass catchers uh, included. And I don't think Mahomes is again completely innocent from what are the problems right now of the Chiefs' offense. Uh, John, let's go to you for your first marinated takeaway. I have to choose here. I want to expand on a point that uh, Rocky Magana made in his uh, five things we learned from the game. He was talking about Travis Kelsey being held back by the Denver defense and that he'd only had six catches for 58 yards. And of course, on the surface, that's like, oh, my God, you know, they Mm -hmm. they they stopped Travis Kelsey cold. Well, no, not really. The thing that we have to get used to here is that Travis Kelsey has a really high bar. If most tight ends in the league, if they had six catches for 58 yards, they'd be as happy as a clam. And even if you had averaged 58 yards a game, you would get just under a thousand yards in a 17 game season. And if, if Travis Kelsey has 58 yards, for every game in the rest of the season, he's going to easily eclipse a thousand yards because he already had 525 when this game began uh, yesterday. So I think it's important for us to remember that Travis Kelsey has a really high bar to clear every week. And especially now that he's dating Taylor Swift, because apparently that makes a difference. (laughs) Yeah. And, and we've seen the stats, uh, Taylor, like you said, Taylor's not innocent in this loss uh, either. Travis Kelsey <laughs> plays better when she's in the stands. We've known it from the CBS stat, and so she uh, is not without blame. Even if it's one percent, she deserves a little bit uh, for for the Chiefs' loss. Uh, my first merited takeaway: it's going to be positive and negative about the uh, defense. Uh, positive. Uh, let's, let's start with some happy stuff here. My God, did Brett Veach nail the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft? Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis are studs, and mm, they are yeah. um, looking like two of the better picks in that entire round, and to nail two of them, uh, especially after years and years, I think, of Chiefs fans being upset with Brett Veach for not drafting players in the secondary or not taking a pass rusher, 
like both of these guys look like the real deal and good for uh beach and that crew to to nail somebody at two people really in the first round when it had seemed like for years and years they were just better on day two and day three so uh you know you saw in this game the impact that both of these guys can have uh those are players that you want to be forever chiefs i mean i don't think they're gonna um decline or anything even into their mid-20s so i'm intrigued to see how that goes as we as we go but uh still improving uh and you know you're in year two now now the downside of this and i you know i said this on twitter the 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 broncos had three touchdowns one of them started on the kansas city 39 one of them started uh, at midfield and one of them started on the nine yard line the chief's offense was not putting the defense into um you know great positions however the Broncos, to an extent, ran all over the Chiefs. I mean, they really did. They were able to, once they got a lead, uh, get first downs uh, with the ball on the ground. Deontay Williams, uh, at times, uh, looked like he couldn't be stopped. Same thing uh, with that short passing game that they were doing with um, McLaughlin. And I think it's worth wondering maybe how much the Chiefs might miss Nick Bolton in that regard. And that's fine when the offense is cooking because the defense becomes or the other offense becomes one dimensional. But when the other offense has a lead and has the personnel to run it down your throats, is that going to be a liability for the the chiefs defense? Uh, and so that, that was a, you know, a good thing with those studs that I talked about, but a little bit of a concern for me in a game where we're, all we're talking about is how bad the offense was. Don't disagree. I just don't think the defense was completely guilty when it comes to the, or uh, innocent when it comes to the run game. Well, you know, they had, what, 143 yards on the yeah. ground, I think, in this game, the vast majority of the of the yardage that they gained. And what was it, 3.8 yards, I think, uh, per carry for the Broncos. And, you know, we look at that and go, oh, well, you know, the NFL average is 4.2 or 4.3 or whatever it is right now. So that's not very good, nothing to write home about. But I'll tell you something, if you get 3.8 yards on every carry, you're going to get the first down and keep getting right. first downs. And, <laughs> so and the time of possession, right. Is overblown generally, right? Like that general right, point, right. Right, time, unless you're in the middle of a game and the team has a lead, then it's right. Then it starts mm-hmm. to become an advantage. Like then you can actually talk about it. It's just that the, the teams teams generally have a problem even getting a lead on the chiefs. So that to me is overblown. Like, Oh, they're trying to keep Patrick. Yeah. Keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field works when you have a, a five point lead, then it then that completely changes. And they were able to do that with the run games. A little concerning there. And I think an, an under talked about um part of this game coming out of it. Steve, let's go back to you for your uh second marinated takeaway. Well I'm not gonna let Andy Reid uh, escape from all my negativity around <laughs> yeah the that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. here we go. So the first one was Patrick Mahomes. Uh this one is more on Andy Reid and it, and it's more really like you know, we talk about the Chiefs' offensive struggles this season, but then you look at a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, which you know they're seven and one. Obviously, AJ Brown is just playing absolutely out of his mind right now. But if you look pretty closely at the Eagles offensively, like their passing game has actually been pretty up and down this season, despite AJ Brown just going off for six straight games, like he has been on another planet. But the rest of their passing game has kind of been inconsistent this season. And what the Eagles do when it is inconsistent and when they're struggling throwing the ball, they just run it down your throats. And they just say, we're just going to run it until you can't until you prove you can do something about it. And then they use that to open up the passing game and take those deep shots down the field like the like the they like to do. 
I just wish, and I understand yesterday, everybody will say, well, the Chiefs were trailing in that game. They were turning the football over. That's why Isaiah Pacheco only winds up with eight carries in yesterday's game. I just really wish when the Chiefs are struggling on offense, can we get a little bit of an Eagles game plan where it's like, okay, we don't have it today throwing the ball. We're just going to run it down your throat until you prove you can stop it. And then we're going to try to use that to open things up and make things easier on the pass catchers down the field. Like I just once want to see Andy Reed do that. And it just doesn't seem like outside the jets game, like he's willing to commit to it. And and it's really frustrating because we know that the interior of this offensive line is excellent at it. And I feel like it would really help the offense move things along and open things up if he would just lean into the run game more, I just want to see him do what the Eagles do on a weekly basis. It's a, it's a great point. And, 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 you know, I've, I've said for years, it always feels like the passing offense is even taking a little bit better when Pacheco's in that 15 to 20 range, that 12 to 15 range of, of carries. And in this season, it seems like he's even take a, taking a further step as like being one of the better backs in the NFL. And so when you do look down on a game like yesterday where the Chiefs are unable to get in the end zone, it is frustrating to see eight for 40. John talked about what you talking about, John, 3.8, eight mm-hmm. for 40. Quick math. That's five yards of carry. That guy's right. got to be touching the ball a little bit more. Right. I agree. And, you know, it wasn't it, it wasn't like it was a secret what the Broncos were doing. The first time they got the ball, uh, they were at midfield and it took them 10 plays to score. I mean, that's, you know, that's the definition of a, of a grounded out ground game, grinded out ground game. That's what I should call it. Grounded out grind game even. Mm. Um, and to, to use that many plays to go such a short distance and chew up all that clock, it was obvious right from the beginning of the game that that was going to be their strategy. Maybe somebody sitting upstairs looking down at the field should have whispered in Andy Reed's ear, look, you know, we need to respond to this. If this is the game about, they're going to play, we that we need to do something about it. I thought you were talking about God for a second. You mean one of the coordinators? <laughs> or something like that. Well, some, well, they've got people yeah. up there watching who are supposed to be <laughs> above it all. You know, right. not involved in in the minutia of what's going on on the sidelines to have sure. a big, uh, you know, Brad Childress still with the team doing that kind of thing. You know, he should be get yeah. get, get Chili back. That's a that's a great marinade takeaway. I would love to see Chili yeah. back in the mix. Uh, John, do you have any other uh, takeaways from this game that you want to mention? Yeah, I do actually. Um, okay. And this doesn't really have anything to do with the Chiefs losing this game. Uh, not, well, I guess you could make an argument that it does, but there needs to be more separation between division games. I'm mm. sorry. I just mm. don't think this is the way that the NFL should do this, that you have a game against the same opponent one week away from the first one. Right. There's nothing about that. That's entertaining. There's nothing about that. That's fun. And I mean, if we're going to do that, why don't we just have them play the two games as a double header? <laughs> Back to back, you know, yeah. if, 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 I, if they're going to come to the second game and go, well, we figured out what to do in the last game. We're just going to do that again. You might as well do it in a, a double header. You might as well I, just make it an eight quarter game. <laughs> I don't completely disagree with that. And I also think like that cliche of, well, it's really tough to beat a team three times in one year. It's kind of the same thing when you play them two times within three weeks. Like I, I feel like, yeah these are still two NFL teams. I mean, it's going to be a lot easier. It's a lot easier to split that when you're playing and you can kind of make those slight adjustments because you just saw them two weeks ago than it is, you know, when you 
face a team with a lot of weeks. Like you're going to see the Chiefs play the Chargers, and they don't play them till January. They just played them. That's going to be two completely different game plans, two right. completely different teams. There'll be different development at different positions. There'll be injuries and whatnot. I, I don't disagree. I, I think the league uh, could be better at that. This is going to be an unpopular take because it's super positive. I know Steve is going to hate it. This isn't <laughs> the, the sky is the sky isn't falling. I tweeted this out and I'm going to reiterate it here because I know that uh, not everyone is on uh, the Twitter uh, X thing. But this is a a season where you have seen. Uh, great teams drop games that they shouldn't have. Baltimore's lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore's considered one of the contenders in the AFC now. The Bengals lost to the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee is about thinking about selling everything off tomorrow. Jacksonville lost to the Houston Texans. Buffalo lost to the, the New York Jets. These are all teams that are considered contenders and still. And I, I think sometimes, you know, and, and a couple of those games that I just mentioned, they were division games. Division games are tougher. Um, this streak against the Broncos wasn't going to last forever. And, you know, I know right now we're all in freak out mode, but should the Chiefs be able to beat the Miami Dolphins, you're just going to be instantly feeling a lot better about this year. And here's another thing, too, like the championship team for the Chiefs had some adversity in the years that they lost the you know, they all they all every year had a couple losses. And so uh, this is a time to refocus and we'll see if the Chiefs can bounce back now against the Dolphins. And I tend to think if they can now you're feeling way confident again going into to the bye week, which we know. Um, is really good for for Andy Reid as they get ready for what would be a a Super Bowl rematch on Monday Night Football. Well, I mean, the real question, and maybe this is kind of what Mike is getting at, is you know why is Sky Moore the one running that deep isolated route where you know he he really is the best option in that in that play call. Um, you don't really you know he's the one kind of running away from the man defender. You're going to get man coverage in fourth and two. Why isn't that you know Rasheed or even you know, I mean, it could have been Kelsey, even though, you know, you probably get a different kind of coverage if it's Kelsey running that route. You know, I, hey, I once, I, I tweeted out when it happened. That was Sky's chance. I mean, Sky is a hero if he makes that catch. Everyone's like, okay, like he just needed to get the ball more. Like he mm. needed to make that opportunity. And like at some point, you, we, we can't keep making excuses for not making plays. Yeah. I, I've really been, waiting and hoping for good things from Sky Moore and, and just like a lot of Chiefs fans. And I, I think this is getting to the point now where there's just he's running out of chances. And and it is it's really disappointing to see how the season's gone for him. I thought for sure that he would be getting a huge volume and doing yeah something solid with it. I mean to the point where I drafted him uh, with the last pick in some of my some of my fantasy football drafts, like oh, yeah. I believed that Sky Moore was going to have a, a breakout type season, and it's uh, it has not happened. But halfway through the season here, and he still feels as lost as ever. And yeah, you feel like that's a very low percentage throw for Mahomes anytime he targets Sky Moore, unless it's a you know screen pass or or you know something uh, you know that's, that's super simple for him. I also think that's a low percentage pass if they throw that same to, to MVS as well. So, oh yeah, it's you know what, <laughs> you know that who do you have that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna make that a high percentage pass at this point? Right, I know that's why you you, you almost heard me earlier kind of do the same thing where I wanted to say why isn't that and I was like oh wait I don't really know who else I'd really want them to be throwing that to besides Rasheed Rice and and you know I do think they need to give Rice more opportunities to go up and get catches because that's what he was good at in college and you know that can kind of really kind of complete you know him as a receiver but you know i did <clears throat> we did kind of uh transition into winners losers without without announcing it because sky was obviously 
one of the bigger losers of the day. And you write that up for the site, obviously. Obviously, winners, losers is a, you know, we, we're it's a it's a easy term. You know, we're not calling anybody a, a loser, uh, <laughs> although the Chiefs did lose on Sunday. But McColl's muff punt, too. Uh, we had a few questions about that. Mike Peak yeah. on Twitter asks, what is Hardman doing catching a punt inside the five-yard line? That is my exact thought when that was happening. Um, you know, McColl actually said it after the game. If, if, if people heard, he, he said he got aggressive, he got greedy. And it's just like, dude, <laughs> I mean, why are we, you know, you just got here. There's no reason for you to, you know, you're, you shouldn't be feeling yourself like that. Maybe I guess it's because he had the 50-yard return last week's stags. But I don't know. Did you kind of have that same question when, when you saw him back backpedaling inside the 10? No, my, my question was just like, why, why can Chiefs returners not catch it? Yeah, that's that, true. Yeah, that, right. that just that's just really where I went with that. I I don't, uh, you know, I think there's been plenty of punts against the Chiefs that have landed inside the five and and resulted in them being backed up. Uh, you know, if it's not a fair catch, if he's trying to get a return out of it, you know, I get it. I don't. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. But you got to catch the catch the damn ball. Like that's that's really uh, inexcusable at this point. It's happened too much. It's not just Hardman, you know, it's been a thing for the Chiefs whole season and, and really somewhat last season as well. So I, I don't know, I don't know why this is a problem that keeps coming back. And I haven't watched a lot of other teams around the league to see if this is some epidemic that's going on league wide. But my my feeling is that the, the Chiefs have taken their eye off the ball uh, quite literally when it comes to, to punt returns. And they got Richard James this offseason, and he didn't look comfortable, obviously, when he had the limited opportunities he was doing. And, and you know, he had some fumble issues last year. And obviously, they thought, okay, shoot, we need to get McColl because Montreal – it's just amazing how they're just kind of throwing crap at the wall at the punt returner position um, and still costing games, just like it did last year in the Colts game. Jack Frost at Colin Sauter, uh, you know, he said, I'm so mad at Sky McColl. Uh, McColl first dropping the punt, then running backwards on the next one. At this point, just let the ball bounce wherever it may. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It wasn't even just the muff punt. He had, yeah, he, he mentions him running ten yards backwards on the second opportunity he had, and that set yeah, the that was, back even further. So that was real bad too. But yeah, it, it, it's tough. I mean, you, you got to field it cleanly. You got to get some positive yardage. It's not a real difficult job. I mean, it's a difficult job, but it's, it's a straightforward job. Uh, yes, again, pun intended. Let, let's get get the ball and go straight forward. And, uh, you know, if you can make somebody miss great, otherwise, you know, give the ball to Patrick Mahomes and, and, you know, good things should happen. It's tough. I'm interested in the way Jack worded this. Uh, and I've heard this from a lot of chiefs fans. Do you take this stuff personally? Like, do you, are you mad and angry and frustrated at the team? Like, like they, they did something to you, you know, and, and, not picking on Jack here. I just feel like they're or, or Colin, whatever <laughs> Jack Frost. Uh, a few names here. <laughs> um, it, it just seems like there's a lot, awful lot of Chiefs fans, and and I've probably been guilty of this in the past. But like, you take it as a personal affront when they lose, uh, and you you want uh, you want somebody to pay. You know, somebody needs to be punished for this loss. You know, this is a they they screwed me over by 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 losing this week. Uh, in some sense, it's just it's part of the game, right? Any given Sunday, it's the NFL. There's a lot of parody. You know, weird stuff happens every single week. You just want to win more than you lose. And 
And again, you scan back out. Chiefs are six and two. They were six and two last year and won the Super Bowl, right? So yep. it, it's not a uh, they're not in a bad place at this point. But anyway, I, I belabored the question here, Ron. But do you do you feel that anger uh, or that personal affront? No, you know what I was gonna say. Like I'm actually jealous that Pete that uh, you know of the fans that can still feel that at this point because I hate to say it, like I, but the Chiefs are such a Super Bowl contender. And I think I understand that so much so that it is hard for me to really get too upset about a game like this in week seven, week eight or whatever it is. You know, when we yeah. know this team, all it matters is January, February. We know that. And, and the fans know that. Jack Frost knows that. Colin Sauter knows that. But I, it, it's good. I think I'm jealous that they that I, like Chiefs Twitter blew up yesterday. I was jealous that I wasn't feeling the same emotion some other people were feeling. <laughs> like, you know, like it's it's fun to just be like. Just All like, right, we got a trade for a receiver, like no question. Like, you know, there's no doubt, like everyone sucks on this team. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah, it, it's uh, it reminds me of it. I haven't been participating in these as much anymore, but the, the game day threads, you know, where you get people just losing, absolutely losing their mind on a play after play basis. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really do tend to, to, to span out. Sure. If this loss happened in the playoffs, then right. I, I would be – I'd be oh yeah, pretty upset. And and you know, my wife says that she can tell whether the Chiefs have won or lost based on uh, just my my demeanor. Uh, I don't feel like I was that down yesterday. Uh, she was like, "Oh, they lost, didn't they?" So I, I must have been showing something. Uh, but even if I didn't feel it consciously, but yeah, I, I tend to think, you know, both of those guys, both of those players have been disappointing so far. McCole. But again, McCole was a hero last week in a lot of ways. So it's not that, uh, you know, it's all bad for, for either one of them. Uh, but it really is time to think about, you know, what is what is the identity on offense? What can you build around? And, and I kind of like this uh, question from uh, the Super Bowl LVII champs MVP MVP at Mahomes, <laughs> MV Pat Mahomes. Anyway. Uh, you know what helps get guys open? Establishing the run. Leverage that offensive line and the bull that you have in Isaiah Pacheco. Opens up for play action, forces uh, defense to stop the run. Get out of your own way. Reed, Nagy, and company. <laughs> Coaching does matter. So I, I like this, this thought process here. Yes. It, and it's not just run the ball more. It is, to me, let's think about who can you build an offense around? It's eight weeks in. They've been experimenting with every wide receiver that they could sign or, or draft or, or, or trade for. And I think we've seen enough of a sample size to say this offense should absolutely go through Mahomes, Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and Isaiah Pacheco. Yes. That's your offense. Everybody else is, if you get contributions from them, great. Uh, it, that's my opinion anyway. I think you start to to really form that offensive identity, and I think we've heard from from teams in the past that they it does take them a while to figure out who they really are. This iteration of the Chiefs, uh, I think they're getting close to that point where they need to have that identity. And you know, you put a bunch of different guys out there to see who was going to step up. Those four are the ones that have stepped up. So build your offense around them. Uh, you know, lean into the offensive line, lean into you know, the, those four guys. And, and uh, uh, if somebody else happens to step up along the way, great. 
Well, especially Pacheco because, and, and they are doing a better job of just giving him workhorse running back snaps where, you know, they're not rotating in Clyde and Jarek as much, uh, obviously still are, but you're going to do that. But that's the thing is, you know, every other elite offense in the NFL, if you look around is, has an identity in the run game, you know, they are able to, you know, run efficiently. You know, the dolphins have a very vicious run run attack because it's that Shanahan run game. You know, the Eagles obviously can get it done on the ground because, you know, they face such light boxes and have the great offensive line. And, the uh, you know, the Ravens, the Lions, the Niners, you know, uh, the Lions last night, Monday Night Football against the Raiders, just Jameer Gibbs have, looking like Jamal Charles. I actually tweeted it. It was it was crazy how much he was he was going off against them. All that to say, you know, these teams are having are, are doing that on purpose because defenses are making it harder to get downfield throws to you know, throw, uh, you know, vertical and it's not just the chiefs, it's everybody, but the chiefs just seem to be the one team that just kind of refuse to kind of lean into the run game to help that pass game. You know, they're not helping the pass game when they don't run the ball. This was a one score game, the entire game, this Denver game. Right. And they, and Isaiah Pacheco had six carries after he had the 19 yard run in the second quarter or in the first quarter, excuse me. in like the second drive of the game that led to a field goal, he had a 19 yard run, six more handoffs the rest of the game especially in a cold weather game. Trey Smith just talked about it last week, how much he loves cold weather games because it's really just like, you know, the linemen can just like, you know, they can sustain drives longer. It's really just about, you know, nutting up, you know, I mean, that's, they just, they just don't allow themselves to get into that mode. They still, they just want to play two finesse and that'd make way more sense if they still had Tyree kill and Sammy Watkins, but like, you know, it, it doesn't actually make any sense with, with the receiver struggling. So it is kind of odd that they still refuse to lean into the ground game like we're seeing some of these other elite offenses do, like the Eagles. Like, again, like Jalen Hurts in the past game hasn't been great uh, for Philly this year, but they're 7-1 and one because DeAndre Swift, they got for nothing, and he's going off for them in, on the ground game because it's easy to run when you have light boxes, and, and the mm-hmm. Chiefs get light boxes a ton, and they're just not taking advantage of it. Yeah, I mean – I, I agree that they built the offensive line for it. And Pacheco is that spark plug. He is that guy yes. that when the offense has struggled, and we've seen this all season when the offense has struggled, a lot of times he's the one that's going to rip off a 10-yard run, put somebody on their behind, and, and and really you can see the energy coming out of him uh, to the rest of the team. You need that. This happened – I mean, Kareem Hunt used to be that guy, you know, that, yes. that really injected that energy – because he would get downfield, he'd run somebody over, catch him passes. He, he did that hurdle thing, you know, uh, that he would do all the time. You know, it is it's one of those things that the you would think that they would see and they would build around and they would say, "All right, we need to get momentum back in our direction. Let's get Pacheco the ball. Let, let's clear some space for him, you know, and and make sure that it's a, a well designed run and." And let him run somebody over and let him get the team fired up and build on that. Yeah, no, I, I actually got the chance to interview Isaiah Pacheco or for the site. Uh, make sure you go check that out last week. Uh, he, he had he had some good things to say about him evolving into a three down back and every down back. Um, but speaking of run running game on the other side, I did want to mention Justin Reed. Um, kind of had a good press conference. He's he, he's so good at those and in, in losses, honestly, just because he's you know he's he's a leader, he's well spoken, um, and and he's pretty honest about you know where the Chiefs lack, and and he he does say they need to tighten up in run defense, right? Uh, and and with you know game like a Miami rushing attack coming up, the Philly rushing attack coming up. I just talked about them, you know, comparing them to the offense, but we're gonna have to see them, the Chiefs defense, uh, you know, coming up too. So 
you know, it, it is something to kind of, you know, maybe maybe be concerned about a little bit is this run defense has been kind of hidden. It hasn't been that great this year, even with Bolton. But Bolton's just missed so much time. I think that's the main part of it a lot of times. But they haven't really faced their toughest test on, on the ground. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we don't have to get too much into that. But it's just it was just worth noting Justin Reed's postgame comments there. Yeah, speaking of postgame comments or, or actually press conference uh, comments from Andy Reid, um, he pointed out, we were talking about the Sky Moore play. He pointed out that oh yeah, yeah. Sky Moore is going to take the heat for that drop. But when you look at it on tape, his inside arm was dragged away from him by the defender. The officials are human. They do a good job, but it's hard to see everything. It's interesting that he calls out the refs on that play when most people weren't really upset about that. A lot of people were upset about the refs on the uh, intercept, Mahomes interception where uh, MVS was just absolutely tormented before uh, before that ball arrived on that desperation heave. Uh, do you think the, the officials played a role in this one, or, or is this a, uh, a yet another kind of excuse that we need to get past? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely just an excuse. I mean, Andy, but I, I am surprised how many people were, were like, you know, shocked that Andy stood up for his guy because that's what he does. I mean, he didn't, you know, you know, and, and Pete and John talked about it on the editor show, but, you know, he, he didn't have to say that. Like, no one asked him about that play. He just kind of brought it up. He was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, and, and, and Sky is going to get heat on that. But, you know, he's just standing up for his guy. He's trying to, you know, he's trying to make, you know, Sky, you know, the impact less on Sky because he isn't a he isn't a bad bad spot you know after this game with the fan base so uh we have to talk about it the dolphins and uh they've obviously flown over to germany already they've landed in frankfurt already they're acclimatizing already and the chiefs haven't even set off yet um so they fly out thursday and so do we <laughs> so do we yeah <laughs> see um, you there boys yeah we've got a bit of a short journey i think my flight's an hour and 25 minutes from london to frankfurt where the chiefs will have a what an 11 hour flight from kansas city to um frankfurt yeah um, i don't i i don't get it like i know it worked for them in 2015 and it's i know andy reed come as i said if you look at the data it's split between half and half mm. but I think if you've got a matchup against a team which you are so evenly matched up against, you need every advantage possible. And if a couple of extra days acclimatizing to different time zones is that advantage, then you need to take that. Now, if the Chiefs were going over and playing, I don't know, the Bears in Germany, then they could probably get by with a little bit of jet lag. But this Chiefs team, the way they're playing this particular year, and I get it, these arrangements would have been made months ago. I, I completely understand that. But the Dolphins were clearly going to be no pushovers going into this season. And they have the clear advantage of the two teams by already being in Frankfurt. Uh, what we're recording Wednesday, I think they flew Monday, r- arrived Tuesday morning. So they're going to have a whole three days extra to acclimatise to to the weather and to the time zones and there's going to be no jet lag by the time they kick off on Sunday where the Chiefs are going to be in it's all going to be rushed yes they're going to say they can get a couple of practices in some walkthroughs whatever but it's all going to be a bit rushed for the Chiefs Mm. and the Dolphins are going to be so well relaxed so well versed by the time they get there I don't agree with the decision to go out on a Thursday into a Friday at all but we saw it a couple of weeks ago with the Jags and the Bills didn't we the Jags already there the Bills turned up on the Friday Two evenly matched teams, the Jags beat them. And yeah. you could you could you you could 
probably find some reasoning to say that those extra days that the Jags had in London were the difference between yeah. the two. I think the, the reasoning for Reed was you could treat the injured players or treat any illnesses, i.e. the Chiefs might have going through the locker room right now where there's a few of them have been had a few calls or flu, flu symptoms and stuff recently. And I can kind of understand that if you want to, if you want to be ill, if you're going to be ill, you want to be ill at home, basically, don't you? So I can kind of understand it from that perspective. But like you're saying, jet lag is a massive thing. It's a huge thing. And coming over and you're going and you're flying another extra hour and a half or whatever it is, more than what you were when you were coming to London and you're going to Germany. That's going to play into it. I, an I extra time zone. An extra yeah, time zone as well. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and like you said, I mean, the weather, according to the weather forecast over there at the minute, it's going to be absolutely bucketing down as well. Yeah. It's going to be raining. Um, it's going to be cold weather and the acclimatizing for the for the players and stuff like that is going to be really rough. Quick turnaround and then they're in and out and they're back home again, aren't they? And it's, I see what you mean. I, I, I feel like the Chiefs have missed a trick on this. I think, yes, it, like you said, it's happened before. It's not always going to happen like that. And I think with this Dolphins team looking so strong at the minute, I mean, we've we've joked about it before that they've they've never really kind of had a winning record against uh, 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 you know a, a winning team so far this year. Um, but. I mean, it can, yes, it can overinflate the stats quite a bit sometimes, but you've still got to look at the stats and you've still got to look at this team as a massive threat because they are playing some really good football right now. Well, the two teams they lost to were the Bills and the Eagles. The two teams the Chiefs lost to were the Broncos and the Lions. Mm-hmm. And the big difference between the two teams and the games they've won is the Dolphins have absolutely put the teams they've played to the sword. Mm-hmm. Like, outside of those two losses, they're just battering everyone where the chiefs have made hard work of a number of teams so far this year. Yeah. The Dolphins are playing so much better than the Kansas Chiefs right now. So much better. I, I've, I don't, I'm, I'm well, I'll say it. I'm scared <laughs> about this particular game. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the fact that we're going over to Frankfurt to have a great weekend, experience a lot of things with chiefs kingdom and meet a load of other fans, see some old friends as well. If it wasn't for that, I would be dreading this entire weekend when it comes to this particular game. But the yeah. experience is going to make it a great weekend for us. But the poor people left watching in Kansas City doesn't make a difference to them. The fact that we're having a great weekend in Frankfurt. And it's an they've early kickoff. This, they've, they've got, yeah, they've got this <laughs> yeah. 9.30 in the morning kickoff to look forward to. Great, good for them. But this matchup is terrifying, especially with the way the two teams are playing. Mm. You can say, oh, the Dolphins haven't beat a good team. Are the Chiefs a good team? Are the Chiefs a good team? Look at the last game. Yeah, that's an overreaction. Not. They are a good team, but they're not they're not a great team right now, are they? They're not no. playing like a great team, especially offensively. And the Dolphins are going to score points, there's no doubt about it. Look who they have at wide receiver. Look how well two is playing. Mm. They're going to score points. But the Chiefs offense, they need to figure some stuff out. And you look at talent-wise, you say oh, actually the Broncos aren't as good talent-wise defensively as say the, the Dolphins are. Oh, yeah. so it's just it's it's a bad matchup for the Chiefs. And I think the not getting those extra days and going back to this point, the jet lag thing, I think it's going to make a big difference. I do. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not going to lie. No, just putting some stats on it. Uh, the Dolphins offense ranks first in passing yards, first in rushing yards and first in total points per game. Brilliant. So it's pretty high powered, this offense. Um, and 
we understand that. We've seen we've seen how they play, and 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 they are a fun team to watch. You've mentioned it before about the Dolphins, aren't you? They're one of the fun teams to watch right yeah. now. Um, they've already put seventy up against the 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 Broncos, who the Chiefs struggled with. Yeah. Um, so you know, even though their defense is middle middle of the road in in in, yeah. in comparison to what the Chiefs are, that offense against the Chiefs defense, to me, there's only going to be one outcome of this. And yeah, the, off- like, the offense is going to win outright. I don't think they're going to win outright. I don't think that's fair. I, I don't. I think the, the Chiefs defense is playing w- well enough that they can at least cause the Dolphins some some troubles. Hmm. But for me, a successful day for the Chiefs defense is keeping the uh, Dolphins to what twenty four to twenty seven points. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good starting block for for the Chiefs offense to, to should be able to work from like in yesteryear. Yeah, but my issue is that the offense cannot keep up. And I know you said, "Oh, the Dolphins' defense is middle of the road," but they're middle of the road because of the situations that they're in against teams. Because they're blowing mm-hmm. teams out, teams are working their way back into game. They're going to go for more passing yards. They're going to score points. We've seen it back in the day with the Chiefs' 2018 offense. That defense was was bad, but the situations meant that the other teams were chasing points. They were trying a little bit harder. They were giving up more yards to Chiefs defense, a little bit softer on defense. It's the same for the Dolphins right now. That, that, that's why the defense is probably only middle of the road. But they just brought back Jalen Ramsey into this yeah. defense. Yeah. Their cornerbacks yeah. are ridiculous. They get pressure up front and their linebackers are quick as hell. So yeah. this 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 defense of the Dolphins is going to give cause the Chiefs some headaches offensively. Let's hope they've solved, solved some of their issues. If I'm the Chiefs though, and I'm looking at this game, I am trying to make it the shortest game in NFL history. Like yes. which we've got to do to them what other teams have tried to do us to us in the past. We have to run the football. We simply have to run the football against this Dolphins team. Mm-hmm. We have to make it a short game. Time of possession has to be. Heavily favoured with the Chiefs, and when the Chiefs do get down into the Dolphins side uh, side of the field, they have to turn drives into points. And by points, I mean six points every yeah. single time. Because if they start kicking field goals, they start going for cowardly four from five punts like they did against the Broncos. They start pulling that type of shit. Then the Dolphins are going to boat race the Chiefs. But the Chiefs have to get these drives and they have to convert them into points. And I think the best avenue for them to do at this Sunday is to just run behind that offensive line. Find a way to run behind Tooney. Find a way to run behind Smith. Find a way to run behind Creed Humphrey and just put the ball in Isaiah Pacheco's hands. You do that, you stand a chance. You come out, you try throwing the football 40 times like they did the other day and just yeah. having Mahomes trying to throw to these receivers against this particular cornerback group, then the Chiefs don't stand a chance because if you want to fight fire with fire, based on what we've seen so far this season, the Dolphins are going to absolutely destroy us. Mm-hmm. In that respect. So you're talking Tyreek Hill versus MVS. It's a non-contest, right? Yeah. But if you you want to win this game, you have to make it a shortened version. You have to make drives and quarters just fly by, and you have to end drives in six. And the, for me, the best way for the Chiefs to do that this particular week is just put that ball into the belly of Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, it seems that way. That, like you said, the teams, other teams that they played so far this season, have been trying to do that. I mean, the time of possession for the Dolphins, they'd rank twenty second on that. Yet they're still the number one offense. So yeah. they just score quickly. You know, it, they score quickly. They score rapidly. So yeah, you're right. I think if the Chiefs can keep Tua off the field, Tua, Tyree, Waddle, and Core off the field, then 
yeah, I think you're right. I think that's keep them off the, the field and don't let the big do. plays happen. You're going to yeah. have to play off. You're going to have to find a way. You're going to have to play cover two with five man under. You essentially need to try and do what the Broncos did to us on Sunday. Mm. Yes, that's the way you're going to have to play. And you're going to have to try and get hands on the receivers. You're going to have to try and reroute them. And yeah. they've got big guys up front, like Chris Jones. You you want this contract, right? This is the game where you have to earn this contract because Tua gets the ball so, so fast. I think he gets the ball out quicker than any any quarterback in the league. That's yeah. how early they're getting the ball out. And the thing is, he can do it because he has Tyreek running deep route. So he can just throw the ball out there and let Tyreek catch up to it. Or he can give it to Tyreek or Jaden Waddle in the flats and give it to him early. So yeah. if you're the defensive line, you have to win early. And if you don't win early, you've got to get your hands up. Get your hands up and bat some balls, uh, bat some balls because, and then hopefully that will generate turnovers in itself. Now, thankfully, the Chiefs' defense have been very, very good at that particular thing this year. They have got their hands on a lot of footballs, so hopefully that will carry on to this this week. George Kylafters seems very good at it. Chris Jones, we know, is very good at it. Mm-hmm. But if the other guys can get involved, get their hands on footballs, maybe put one in the air for like Stu Tranquil or Justin Reed or someone like that to to get their hands and get an interception then that will be highly beneficial for the Chiefs. But if they don't get any type of product from their defensive line, then the Chiefs won't stand the chance. He's going to, honestly, I I feel like this this game really, really does fall on the Chiefs defensive line and the Chiefs offensive line. Is that those two units run the ball behind the offensive line and get hands on the football or even better on the quarterback from the defensive line. You do that, you stand a chance. You don't, you get burned. Yeah, exactly. Just looking at the other side of the ball for the Dolphins, uh, they got they got a, an old enemy uh, against us there. Bradley Chubb, five sacks he's got so far this season. Yeah. So uh, yeah, another thing to watch out for. But it's like what you were saying about the you know the, the whole Dolphins philosophy at the minute is it's very balanced offense, passing, yeah. rushing, both equal. They go to it, either of it. They're not afraid to go to the rushing game, uh, the running game if they need to. Um, so. It is going to be a handful for this Chiefs team. And this is going to be a huge test for them. Yeah. We're going to find out how good this defense really is on Sunday. Yeah. We are. Because I, 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 I don't know how immature Mike McDaniel is, but yeah. we'll find out how naive. We're not immature how naive he is. We'll probably find out how naive he is this weekend. Like, Do you think there's not a chance that they go, right, Tyreek, we're going to make this your game. Yeah, we're going absolutely. to show it's See, absolutely. I, I, I think Tyreek will ask for that. Yeah. I think he'll he get will it ask well. for it. I think he'll ask for it. Whether he gets it is a different story. He'll Do you get think it. they are you think they are game planning for Tyreek to go off and get like two hundred yards, two two free touchdowns? Do you reckon that's what they're aiming for Sunday? Yeah, I think the Miami Dolphins want to prove that they won the trade. Okay. And Tyreek Hill is going to be absolutely up for this as well. He's, he's already talked about the Chiefs in the offseason already, hasn't he? And he was going to score touchdowns at Arrowhead during this game. Clearly, it's not at Arrowhead, so he's obviously a little bit pissed about that. But I honestly think the Dolphins want to try and lay something down here about saying, yeah, we won this trade absolutely outright because look at the player that you actually gave away. Yeah, um, I, yeah the, the whole Super Bowl thing is, is a, obviously... We, we we clearly believe it. we won that trade because we did win the Super Bowl. You'd do that any day, wouldn't you? To, 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 if somebody said to you, trade away Tyreek Hill, you were guaranteed a Super Bowl win, you'd do it anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah. 
I think the Chiefs. I think the I think the trades worked out pretty well for everyone. Now I think it has, but I, I think recency by kind yeah. of brings it for front, like yeah, right at the center. And the fact that Tyreek Hill is playing unbelievable football at the moment. He's yeah. the he's the best wide receiver on the planet right now. He's just. He's one of the best footballers on the planet. He's he's um, he's an unbelievable player. So that obviously doesn't help. But if MVS and Sky Moore and Justin Watson and Rashi Rice were playing very well and the Chiefs offense didn't have their own issues, then we probably wouldn't be sitting there going, oh, oh Tyreek this, Tyreek that. It's probably it's our own issues that are the problem that are causing us to look external and look back at our ex-girlfriends. We talked about this, didn't we? Tyreek Hill is the ex-girlfriend. <laughs> has gone on to get even better looking. Since she left us, you know, that's yeah. what's happened. Looking now good, we, yeah. Now, because we're not doing too well in life ourselves, we're looking back at the ex-girlfriend and we're thinking, ah, oh, maybe we shouldn't have got rid of her. But, you know. But she wasn't all bad, was she? Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I, I'm okay with the trade. Um, I just, I'm good with I, it. I don't, I don't think that the Dolphins are going to be that naive on Sunday. I don't. I think they are going to be... Going out for a like, this is a game where you they show the world, literally the world. This is we are a team that has to be taken seriously for the mm. rest of the year, and whether they do that through the Tyreek Hill, I'm not too sure, but through most uh, for, through two, obviously, through um Jalen Waddle, they have other options in which they can basically move the ball at will, and it's on and the Chiefs defense to stop that, yeah. yeah. So, um, is there is is tantalizing shall we say it's um it's 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 exciting it yeah. is exciting but i also am scared of this fact as well yeah yeah i mean they've done a great job haven't they the nfl by like because i saw the other day that that this is the best matchup in terms of records that any international game's ever seen yeah and this is like the 43rd international game now and this is the best one so far in terms mm-hmm. of records teams meeting so yeah it promises to be a a good one vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You ready to preview this, this Germany game, man? Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Come on, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Oh, man. This one's been circled. It's the last game before the bye week for the World Champion Chiefs. Chiefs and Dolphins from Frankfurt, Germany. Deutschland. V. Gates. You don't know what that means. I think that's like I don't. what's up. I think that's like oh, what's okay. Up. Uh, I'm, gonna say I'm, I'm leaning towards you on the, the German. This is a marquee matchup in the AFC. 6-2 and two Miami facing off against 6-2 and two Kansas City. Starts 8.30 in Kansas City time. You can watch it on KSH before you want. I'm going to keep plugging that as many times as possible. My first note here is talking all about Germany. And I thought it was cool. Some of the guys asked today, like, oh, like, what are your plans? Like, what, um, have you packed your bags yet? Are guys getting food? Like, it's cool to see guys in, in like, tourist mode if you will a little bit like sky Moore was honest and basically like he'd never been out the country before this is like one of those experiences for him that he'll cherish and remember for a very long time drew tranquil talked about meeting up with like an uncle overseas so it's like it's cool to see kc get this experience be on the big stage this is obviously a prime time big spotlight game for the world champion chiefs as far as logistics are concerned i believe the chiefs will be available friday in frankfurt miami is already there i saw uh mike mcdaniel not josh mcdaniel so mike mcdaniel Tyree kill jalen waddle and those guys talking from the podium already there so they made the trip earlier kc will make the trip and availability starting on friday but mark this is a road game i know it's a home game i think kc will serve as the home team technically because they sacrificed one of their their games at a uh, gha field at arrowhead but there's going to be unique challenges that are presented with this venue, with the travel, with the fans, with the sight lines. Like this is going to be a challenge for the world champs. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, it makes it a more challenge. The fact that you're playing against a really good team <laughs> and a really good offense in the Miami Dolphins. So, you know, and people were talking about why are they leaving so late? The Dolphins are leaving so early. You know, I, I don't know how to gauge that. Like, I'm sure there's some type of science and numbers and, you know, uh, studying of the body and stuff like that that's way above my pay grade that I'm not educated enough to speak on on that. So uh, I, I don't want to get too much into that, but I I trust that the chief staff and their guys behind the scenes have done their due diligence and they're not too concerned about leaving later in the week versus being there all week like the Dolphins uh, presumably are so you know it, it's one of those things where you just go out there and just act like it's another game man i saw charles a minute who talked about it they were talking about him you know it's an early start time you know Kansas city time versus being in germany does that concern you at all he was like i have a hard time sleeping at night anyway <laughs> it was like once, once i get out on the field it's just, it's just football at the end of the day so i don't think it's going to affect these guys that much especially considering it came off a very very embarrassing game so I think they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that they're laser focused, despite the time difference and travel and all those things. 
you mentioned facing a very talented and one of the best teams in the AFC in Miami. A big reason why they're uh, so explosive, so dynamic, so tough to guard defensively is a familiar face. The cheetah. <laughs> this was your topic. You and you, you can rondo this one. You can point guard us here. Oh yeah. So I mean, he was on I Am Athlete, mm-hmm. and he was talking with to Brandon Marshall, I believe. And he asked, you know, basically straight up, why'd you leave Kansas City? And, you know, we've heard uh, different variations of this. <laughs> How story. many times we have to hear this story? Yeah, we, we've heard this story oh, different. Yeah, he gives a different answer almost every time, which is fascinating. <laughs> That's how you know it's all cap. That's how you yeah. know it's literally all cap. It's like can't keep up with no his truth, bro. <laughs> so, so this time it was, you know, I, I never wanted to leave Kansas City. I talked to Patrick. I talked to Andy before, and they said, we're going to take care of you. And then he was like, I'm not even worried about the money per year, whether it's 24 or 25. It's all about the guarantees. It's all about the guarantees. And they only they only offered me 58. They said, we can't do that. Talking about his agent. I can't do that. I got to go to Miami where there's no tax. And I'm getting paid more on the guarantees. So that's essentially what he said, you know, uh, ver, you know, verbatim there. You know, so whatever. Um, you know, this stuff is going to come out the week of. They've been holding that interview in. They probably did that interview over the summer. <laughs> and just like we're gonna like release it the week of that Chiefs game. Like I don't think he just did it just now. So you know, this is obviously going to be a story. He had a press conference too, I believe yesterday, and they're talking about the game. And he actually said he's pissed. He was pissed off when he first saw the schedule because he wanted the game to be in Kansas City. He was talking about how the energy there would have been crazy. He still has a son that lives in Kansas City. Um, you know, he, and he's like, I understand the game. You know, they want to expand outside of the United States and they want to highlight the best teams because we've seen some actually good matchups out there. You had the Bills and Jags. Those are two of the top teams in the AFC that are out there as well. So, you know, but obviously if it was back in Arrowhead, it just would have been crazy with the whole return narrative and stuff. So he definitely wanted that. But I have a sneaky suspicion, Aaron. We may see that in the playoffs. Just throwing it out there. I I agree with you. I think some of the wind has been taken out of the sail of the revenge game narrative with the change of location. I also think that like Miami is so much bigger than just Tyreek Hill. And Drew Tranquil was kind of asked about that today from the podium, Wednesday from the podium. And he said, yeah, Tyreek's a dynamic playmaker. You can't take bad angles on him. He's incredibly fast. Like all the stuff we hear about Tyreek Hill, but like, this is an offense that has multiple skill 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 position playmakers across the board. You're talking about a Jalen Waddle. You're talking about a I don't know if A Chan is going to be back and healthy for them yet, but like Tua has proven to be. I know uh, Tyree called him the most accurate quarterback uh, that he played with to that point, but I mean he's been extremely accurate this year, and there's a reason why. I mean, it, there's a reason why Miami paid him the money, and what was he the first? wide out or first player in NFL history with a thousand yards through eight games. Like he's in the MVP conversation. I know that's a quarterback award exclusively and people don't like to have those conversations around players who aren't quarterbacks, but Tyreek Hill is as valuable to the Miami dolphins as any player is to their team this year through eight games, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, after eight games, 
I know the odds are going to say differently. You look at the MVP stuff, but through eight games, if there was ever a time for a non-quarterback to win it, it would be this year right now because there's not really any quarterback playing at a sensational level. Like Mahomes was the favorite before this week. I don't know if he still is or not. I haven't checked, but he still doesn't look like Mahomes. This has probably been his worst year through eight games. And, I mean, I, that's not saying a lot because he's been so good, but still, the, the bar is so high. And the fact that this has probably been his worst start through eight games and he still was the favorite tells me that quarterback play is down this year. And you can look throughout, throughout the league. The numbers are down offensively. Scoring is, is not at a premium right now in the NFL. Defenses are catching up. So I, I do think, you know, Tyreek Hill, before the Niners started losing, even CMC was in that discussion as a non-quarterback. He got a touchdown pretty much every week up until their losing streak right now. So, yeah, man, I, I think it's really interesting. And uh, Sarder in the chat just said, oh, Tua is now the favorite on uh, DraftKings for MVP at plus 400. Mahomes and Hurts are both tied for second at plus 450. So this game could be a swing game, uh, uh, according to the odds, right? You got two of the favorite. Mahomes is tied for second. And you got Hurts tied for second. And you play Hurts after this game. <laughs> you know, you got the bye week, obviously, in between there. So this is a nice little uh, swing for all three of these teams right here, these next three weeks for the MVP discussion. Um, but as far as this game goes, I think it starts with, as much as you talk about the receivers and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle it really starts with slowing down that running game. Because their running game has been very efficient as well. Even though uh, the rookie's been out, O'Chain, he's out. But Raheem Mustard has been playing really good as well. Yeah. You know, he's another 4-2, 4-3 guy. And with this Miami offense, and I know Charles Amendon, who spoke on it earlier today on this Wednesday from the podium, about there's such a rhythm offense. So you have to get them off schedule. And not just getting pressure on Tua, but you have to have them play from behind the chains. You don't want them to be in second and fives and second and fours. You want them to be like second and seven, second and eight, third and six, third and seven, not third and two, third and three. You want to kind of get them off their schedule, force tour to drop back so where they can't do so much of those gimmicky stuff. We have to just really dissect and read the defense because once he goes off his first read, two can get a little shaky. He's a really, you know, get back, rhythm, rhythm, boom. If you can get him off of that, we have to look to a second or third option. He'll give you some chances for some turnovers. All right, let's let's uh, let's do it. We do this every week when the Chiefs have the ball. And I'm glad you, you the way you kind of finish that, sir, it just, it, it, it takes me to this, to this space because, I mean, they're going to need to, they're going to need these guys to get into some sort of rhythm. <laughs> they're going to need this, uh, there's going to have, Gonna have to be some kind of connection coming in Germany, uh, th this this Sunday with the Chiefs and the and, and Mahomes and his receivers. And, and this is just, I, and, and I'm I, and I this is a legit conversation that I want to have because I am willing to listen because I feel like there are too many people that I respect and trust. Not to say that I don't ever disagree with them. That at least make me want to to at least give it more of a thought because for me. I have a hard time solely putting so much on the receivers when I just look at, in particular, Andy and Pat, and I just don't think they have been nearly as productive 
and have been nearly as good as as they can be or anywhere close at times to the expectations that we have of them and what they do. Andy is the best coach in the NFL. Pat's the best player and quarterback of the NFL. And the majority of the time this year, those two have not operated in that. And now I have, I have in my thought, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, I told you, and, and Serta, you'll love this analogy when I go baseball. Like for me, like I, I, I've never been the guy that's like, hey, dang, Alex Rios just went 0 for 4 and grounded into two double plays and struck out, you know, two times with runners in scoring position. It seemed like he kept coming up with runners in scoring position. And Christian Cologne pitch hit with runners on second and third, and he struck out. Like to look at that and then. Oh yeah, Eric Hosmer went one for four with an error, and uh, and and left guys on base all day. Or 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 that Lorenzo Kane went zero for four and couldn't get guys home. And and Alex Gordon, like for me, it is hard for me to overjump the Gordons and the Hosmers and the and the Canes to look at the Rios and Cologne because I am somebody that has expectations of the great and the good players. And I feel different about the guys that I don't have as much expectation with. And I guess my thought is, do you think that I am undervaluing how much the struggles of the wide receivers are are the culprit to why Andy and Pat have not been what we expect them to be? Because I'm having a hard time with Andy just handing the ball off to Pacheco eight times on Sunday and thinking that it's the receivers that are holding him back. But uh, but I'm just – because I, I I don't lean as much that way, but I think a lot of people sum up a lot of what is happening with this offense and why Andy and Pat don't look as good is because of the receivers. And I'm just having a hard time of getting there and just releasing them of their poor production. So let me start here. Yes, I do think you're underestimating the importance of the wide receivers in, in all of this. That being said – that being said, I also think most other fans, like I'm somewhere in between where you're at and a lot of other fans where like, I think there's a lot of fans that are just saying it's all the receivers. It's only the receivers. They're the reason this offense is taking a step back. And I'm not there. And I'm also not where you're at, where it's more Andy Pat. I'm kind of somewhere in between where I'm willing to blame both, both sides. The Chiefs have turned the ball over, Ron, at least once in eight of their nine games. They've turned it over multiple times in five of their last seven. Patrick Mahomes, has thrown eight interceptions or 18 interceptions. So 18, eight, intercept, eight interceptions in this stretch of games. Most of those are on him. Think back to what's gone wrong on those plays. Like a lot of it is either a well overthrown ball or one where he just like missed the underneath coverage, weird decisions that we haven't seen him make in the past. Now, some of that might be because of what Serta said earlier, where he's expecting a receiver to be in an area and that guy's not there. And now because either he broke too early or he cut a route a little short, whatever it is, it looks worse on Mahomes than it should. I absolutely believe there's something to that. A lot of the, it, though, is just Mahomes hasn't been making as good a decision so far this year as he has been like in the, the past. Like the first pick he had against Denver trying to get it in to Kelsey. And I but just, is that a fact? Is that a factor of the receivers? Sure, and, and I think back to the Jets game specifically, and oh, the Jets God, game no. was uh, that's on Pat. 
Like he he has to be better in, in those spots than Denver, what he was. The first Denver game. Yeah, that pick. horrible. Just horrible. And so I, I do think a lot of this is on Patrick Mahomes not playing up to his own standards. Some of it, though, is 100% on, on the receivers. I do think you're underestimating how bad they have been so far this year. Their guys going to the wrong spots or lining up in the wrong spots, running the wrong route concepts, not seeing the right side adjustments. Like Even the the play last week from Sky Moore where it should have been a touchdown, he he cut his route and he didn't get it to the right depth. Like All of these different types of things add up over time where Pat's throwing to a spot and these guys aren't getting to those spots. So I, I think there's a lot that has gone wrong with the receivers as well. It's and, and I think that, yeah, Mahomes hasn't been great this year. I don't think Andy's been great at times, but I, I do think that all of that stuff is just being built up by how inefficient and ineffective the offense is at times and how the wide receivers are struggling because it's like, Mahomes is all, will have all day to throw, scan the field, scan the field, scan the field. Nobody's open, nobody's open, nobody's open. Gets rid of it. Do that five, six more times and a half or something, and he's getting frustrated. Then he gets to a point where he's like, nothing's happening. I got to go make a play. I got to get the offense going. If I can just get a, create a big play, we can get moving and, and things will start working better. And then he throws a terrible interception. And that's... That's something he had gotten better at, but we've seen him have these stretches before. I don't know if it's ever been as long as this one has, um, but I just think it, it it all plays into the fact that they're struggling to get open. And so even when they are getting open, he's overlooking guys because he doesn't trust that they're going to get to the football or he's making bad decisions because he's just forcing things and he's frustrated. Ron, how do you think this compares to what the struggles that they had back in 21? Do you, do you remember that stretch where, the offense, this included the Tennessee game, which I think was the only one that's really comparable to what we just witnessed where they lost that one 27 to three. And then they had that Giants game, that miserable Packers game against uh, the non Aaron Rodgers led Packers. And then they had the Cowboys game where they scored 19 points, came out of the bye, boom, 22 against Denver. Like there was a bunch of turnovers that were happening there. That was the tipped pass year where everything seemed to hit the receivers in the hands and then would tip up and go the other direction. Like, how do you think this compares to those struggles? Because I think that's really the only other time where we've seen this kind of sustained struggles from a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. Yeah, I think that one wasn't built around trust or lack thereof. Agreed. I think, and and I think it was more of a hold on. All right, let's let's take because I did think it took Andy a longer to adjust, uh, Andy and Eric longer to adjust than I would have thought it would have. Um, but though, but there was, there was Kelsey, there was Hill, there was complete understanding there. It was just, how do we move these parts to take advantage of what defenses are doing? It seemed to be more predicated to what defenses were doing to them. This seems to be more predicated on them, what they're doing to themselves. And, and then it was always a matter of time of once they figure out the, uh, uh, uh the answers, to how they're going to attack things, then they were going to make big plays. And they it took them a few weeks to have those answers. This is more of themselves, uh, battling themselves. And I think that that's what makes that piece different. So uh, am I hearing this? Like the thought if, if Juju Smith-Schuster was on this team, that Andy and Pat would would, would look much different. 
I don't like last year's Juju, maybe not this year's Juju. Yeah. His knees have exploded, is, and so like <laughs> he he's done. Like Juju's gonna be done playing he's football. Twenty six, man. He's it's oh, it's over. I I would be he's surprised if he's in the league two years from now. Um, but I, I think Andy really needs this buy. Like I I think I think they really need this buy because that's where that's where he makes a lot of his adjustments. That's where they'll change personnel up and and commit to it instead of like the stuff that we see right now where it's like, Oh, we'll just play seven different wide receivers and they'll have different varying snaps every single week. Like I, they, they really need this buy to, to adjust and kind of tweak things, but hopefully Andy's got a good game plan for this week. Cause I got one more game. And, and speaking of game plan for this week, like I, I honest to God think, and who knows what Andy is putting together. Um, Cause he may just go, zig and just go completely the other way but when i look at this game in terms of offensive game plan to kind of help everything to me it feels like that the chiefs offensively should take a page out of the book of what everybody has tried to do to them for years the titans a tough matchup for them certain teams been a tough matchup for them and that is not necessarily just run the ball down their throats which I think they should run it, and, and Isaiah Pacheco should, should see more than eight carries in the game. Huh. But more of a ball control offense that minimizes the possessions for Tyreek Hill and the Miami Dolphins offense. And actually, I think it's what they do and what they have been doing the last year and a half since they lost Tyreek Hill is – you don't see, and you you documented it, I believe, last week or the week before, how many big play touchdowns they've had since Tyreek has gone. It's not many. They don't have like two, like they. I think they had a drive like that against the Chargers that ended up in the MVS touchdown, where it was like a, a two play drive or a three play drive, and it was real quick. That's that's an anomaly for the Chiefs here in the last year and a half. And I actually think the that this fits what they should be what they should be doing. We should see a lot of, like I think the Chiefs are in a good spot if we see a lot of seven to eight, ten to eleven play drives to where they are getting first downs. It's, it's Kelsey here, it's Rasheed Rice here, it's Pacheco run here, it's a McKinnon screen here. It's a and that it minimizes the amount of times that Tyree Kill and company get on the field just like teams used to try to do to the Chiefs all the time. It will be interesting to see how they approach it because really the only team that's had sustained success running against Miami this year was in week one when the Chargers just ran it down their throat from start to finish. They had more than 200 yards on the ground with their running backs, but since then nobody's really run it very well. And some of that is because these teams are just getting so far behind early against the Dolphins that they have to just completely abandon the running game. But there have been some competitive games recently, like even the Eagles who played against the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago, they've obviously got a very good running game. They they ran it okay against them, but a lot of their success came with Jalen Hurts. A lot of the success against this Dolphins defense so far this year has actually come with the designed quarterback running game. So I do wonder if that's something that maybe you see like, 30, 40 yards on the ground from Patrick Mahomes in this one as he just extends plays on third downs especially. But I will be curious how much they want to get into that. The other thing is, now that they've got Jalen Ramsey back, 
They've got a legitimate number one cornerback. I would guess they're going to try to use him at times on Travis Kelsey when he lines up in the slot. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll just be very curious to see kind of what the cat and mouse game is there of how they want to approach this. The Dolphins defense, I think, is better than probably what a lot of Chiefs fans would be expecting. Christian Wilkins in the middle is one of the best defensive tackles in the league. Jalen Phillips has taken a big time step as a pass rusher as well. David Long was a big time addition for them. And we certainly know a lot about Bradley Chubb. I I don't know that this is a game where you're going to be able to run all over them, but I think that they've got to at least have the threat of it in this game. So like 15 carries feels more than reasonable for Isaiah Pacheco. It's, I don't even think it has to be like running the football. I think no, it has no. to be sustained control. Yep. drives because like it, that in I that agree game, with. Uh, like when the Dolphins played the Panthers a few weeks ago, like the Panthers were up 14 to nothing in that game and had two really long drives to start the game. And then blink of an eye, it's 28 to 14. Cause it was just like deep ball, deep ball, deep ball, long touchdown. Like, and they wound up blowing out the Panthers because it's the Panthers. But I, I think like what the Panthers did on those first two drives is like kind of what you're looking for. It doesn't have to just be running the football. It's just got to be long sustained drives where you're eating clock and keeping their offense off the field because they can score in, in the blink of an eye. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.